welcome to the Design of Communication podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Keeling, and this podcast is about how you can become a confident communicator as a design, tech, or creative professional. Sharing career strategies, language tips and insights, and communication techniques to become a powerful communicator and excel in your career and reach a new level of confidence in English. What does it take to become a powerful, confident, and fluent English speaker? I'm glad you asked. You know, a lot of it comes down to our mindset. Our feelings and emotions are one of the biggest influences on how long we can keep going and face difficult or challenging circumstances. When you have self-confidence, you trust your abilities and feel secure. Confidence not only defines how we express ourselves, but how we interact with others. and how we go about chasing our goals and pursuing our dreams. When we feel good about ourselves, we perform better at work. Feelings of confidence play a key role in language learning. Now, I'm not going to tell you how important confidence is. I think you already know that. In today's episode, we're looking at strategies that boost confidence and can make you appear more confident, even if you're feeling very nervous and shy. Before we get into it, I do have an exciting announcement. You are invited to a free, brand new training. It's a live masterclass where I will be sharing the free, most effective strategies to communicate with ease. I am sharing my proven roadmap to spoken fluency and confidence as a design or tech professional, as well as where you should be focusing your energy to make bigger and better progress without the confusion or overwhelm. If you are a non-native English speaker, then you don't want to miss it. To sign up, head to fluentspeakers.co.uk forward slash webinar to register. There are three different class times to choose from. I cannot wait to see you there. Now, becoming confident in a second or foreign language requires a lot of trial and error. We have to make mistakes. We have to experiment, we have to fail, but we also have to succeed. You might have noticed how I talk about appearing confident rather than being confident. There have been times where I felt confident inside, but I didn't project that confidence. There have been also times where I wasn't feeling that confident inside. I was very nervous. But on the outside, I was able to project confidence. And I know this can happen in many situations. So, for example, in an interview, 
It has worked for me both ways. There was one time I had an online interview, and this was at the beginning of my career. I felt quite relaxed on the inside. I don't know what it was about that day, but I just felt pretty good. Because of the type of interview, it was recorded. I think that didn't help because it probably added some extra pressure. Anyway, I didn't get the job. I was a bit confused because I had felt pretty confident and I thought I was able to show my confidence. Now, maybe that was my problem, but I realized it could have been many reasons why I didn't get that particular job. But I did something after that I encourage everyone to do. I reflected on my performance. Luckily for me, I was able to reach out and ask for the recording. And when I watched that recording back, I completely understood why. I came across as so nervous in my body language, my voice, my intonation. So I was questioning what I was saying. And I wasn't projecting the confidence that I felt inside. Now, I did tell you that it has worked the other way. And this one, I am very thankful that it did. I did take training after the first interview that didn't go so well was back at the beginning of my career. So I trained and I learned how to use my voice. And there are a few other strategies that I will share in just a moment to show how you can come across as confident. But in 2017, I was invited to an interview to study at my dream university. Of course, I was so nervous for my interview, but I must have projected enough confidence because I got in. And despite feeling like I had no chance after what felt like a terrible interview, at least in my mind, I was later told that it was a very confident interview. So the point I'm making here is we might not feel confident inside, but we can still project confidence. The biggest reason I was able to perform so well and why other times I haven't might be pretty obvious, but it was through preparation. When you are prepared, you tend to feel less pressure. This couldn't be more true when building your confidence in English. I have met a lot of people who appear so confident. And when I speak with them and I hear more about their story, I usually find that they haven't always been that way. They have just learned to come across as more confident and build it. Confidence is a skill you can learn and continue to improve. Now, you can come across as confident even when you make a lot of mistakes, but they can leave an impression like, wow, they really know what they're talking about. They're really confident. And there are a few ways that this happens. It can be in their body language. Typically, when we're nervous or shy, we tend to slouch our body and make ourselves smaller. When our posture isn't upright, it affects our voice too. 
our voice, the pauses we use when we speak, our intonation, our pace, so how quickly we speak. And sometimes we speak so quickly. And we do this because we're nervous and we don't take a moment to pause. Or we are so slow. And it sounds like we are bored and we don't really want to be there. While all of these areas and a few more, like the words and the vocabulary we use, play a part in how confident you will appear, attitude is key. When we apologize and say sorry, it comes across that we are lacking in self-confidence. We all make mistakes, but you don't need to draw attention to it. I meet many wonderful people who send me a message and say, sorry about my English. And when we apologize for something, you are making others aware of your flaws. Now, when I read the message or any other speaker will read the message or listen to your message, if you don't draw attention, they might not necessarily be aware of the mistakes you're making. I can think of a good example for this. Have you ever heard someone apologize for having a cold or a sore throat and their voice might sound a little nasal or just slightly different? And then you hear them speaking and it's the only thing you can notice. The same applies here. Now that doesn't mean the most confident communicators don't make mistakes. We all do. It's just they do not feel the need to apologize for their mistakes or flaws in their voice. The next area to focus on is your daily effort. Practice is essential for success. My own students have been able to achieve incredible results through knowing where to practice. Then by breaking it down into tasks they can do every day to reach their goals and following the Fluent Speakers Roadmap to Success. Breaking your skill development down into smaller components so you can practice in more manageable chunks is essential. As I said, when I think back to the times I have shown the most confidence, whether that is for an interview, during a meeting, or presenting my ideas, I portrayed the most confidence when I have put the time in to prepare. I'm sure when you think back, it's the similar situation for you. And if you're the type of person who can nail a presentation or an interview without much practice, then wow, that's really good for you. But even then, I'm sure there are some areas that you can focus on to improve and come across as even more confident and powerful in your speaking. There is someone that comes to mind who has this mindset. And I know many of us admire him. I know my own students do, as well as myself. Firstly, because of how much confidence he portrays and because of his wonderful storytelling. Not too long ago, I watched his live class about storytelling. And what struck me most was his mindset 
in being hungry to always do and get better. And if you're wondering who I'm talking about, it's Krista. And we can be at the top of our game and still we can always strive to improve. Now, the next strategy leads on nicely because this is how you can do that. And it's through self-reflection. Something you probably didn't learn at school or while taking formal language classes is the importance of reflection. I have taken multiple language classes and I know I didn't, but research and experience indicate how powerful it can be. One academic paper by Cotterell, published in 2017, explains how essential self-reflection is for past learning experiences, but also to move forward and for future success. The belief that we can be successful at a particular task is developed in part through reflection on our own experiences and our changing interpretations of these. Reflecting on your performance can really help you to understand where you most need to focus and set out a plan to move forward. And finally, don't forget to sign up to the training with me. If you've liked some of these strategies, then you will love the masterclass training. I cannot wait to see you at the masterclass next week. You've got this. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to The Design of Communication. If you have enjoyed today's episode and listening to The Design of Communication podcast, then please follow us on Spotify, Google and Apple podcasts and share the link with a friend or colleague who will benefit. Any questions you might have, feel free to send them my way. I love hearing from you. Thank you so much. See you next week.